This is the Olive Wellness Podcast, brought to you by the Olive Wellness Institute. Welcome to this episode of Olive Wellness Podcast. I'm Sarah Gray. Olive leaf extract, or OLE, is perhaps a lesser known byproduct of the olive tree, but offers a wide variety of health benefits for those who consume it. Recent studies of antioxidants in OLE, for example, have shown how they reduce unhealthy fat oxidation in the body. That's according to Ian Breakspear, a clinical herbalist and naturopath and senior lecturer at Endeavour College of Natural Health in Sydney. He explains the potency of OLE as an antioxidant in a moment. First, Chris Ashmore asks Ian to explain what precisely is an antioxidant. Essentially, you can think of an antioxidant as a substance that sacrifices itself to protect your own body in some way or other. So all of the tissues in our body are constantly undergoing various chemical changes and reactions. And one of those is what we call a redox reaction. And essentially, if that's in control, everything's good. But if it gets out of control, we can get what we call oxidative damage to tissues. Now, antioxidants basically reduce that by stepping in and sacrificing themselves to protect your own cells and tissues. But it's really important to remember as well that oxidation is not just a purely negative process in the body. It's actually quite valuable and used, for instance, in all the cells to produce energy to make the cells operate. And it's also necessary in things like defence against microbial infections. What antioxidants does OLE contain and are they potent? Olive leaf is quite potent as an antioxidant. There's a range of different chemicals found within olive leaf that collectively we call biophenols. A study published about 20 years ago showed that the antioxidant potency of some of these biophenols was quite extraordinary. In fact, some of them were far more powerful than vitamin C and vitamin E, which were kind of the the gold standards for comparison at the time. And these results have been replicated in a number of other studies since then. But I think what's really important to remember about something like olive leaf extract is that it's naturally chemically complex. It doesn't just contain one or two antioxidant chemicals, but has this broad profile of these antioxidant biophenols. And why that's important is that research has actually demonstrated that the total antioxidant value is actually far greater than the sum of the individual parts. So there's a type of synergy occurring between the various types of antioxidant chemicals found in something like olive leaf. And more recent studies on the olive leaf have actually shown how this antioxidant capability can be relevant to human health as well. And we're seeing some really interesting results there, particularly, for instance, one study that showed reduction of what we call urinary excretion of a metabolite that's a marker for fat oxidation in the body. So that shows that it can reduce unhealthy fat oxidation in the body. Another example is one of these biophenols called oleoropine has been shown to reduce oxidized LDL levels. Now, most people have heard of HDL and LDL cholesterol, and HDL is often seen as the good guy, LDL the bad guy, but oxidized LDL is the very bad guy. And so by reducing this oxidized LDL, there's a possibility that it can significantly reduce the risk of arterial disease, heart disease, and strokes. 
So yeah, in short, olive leaf is a pretty potent antioxidant. Well, where else do we get antioxidants? For example, in our diet or, or supplements? Well, diet has to be the first and foremost source. A good balanced diet, particularly something rich in plant foods, vegetables, fruits, nuts, seeds, some grains, is the best source of antioxidants from a day-to-day basis. And if you have a look, for instance, the pillars of something like the Mediterranean diet, for example, you see a lot of green vegetables, a lot of olive oil, a lot of tomatoes, and so forth. And just looking at one part of that, for instance, tomatoes, they're rich in an antioxidant chemical called lycopene. But if you don't eat it with oil, such as the olive oil in the Mediterranean diet, you also don't absorb it very well. So the diet provides, as long as it's a good balanced diet, provides a really good balance of different antioxidant chemicals. And by having that variety as well, you ensure that you're actually absorbing them and distributing them to the parts of the body that are necessary. But then, yes, we do have supplements as another source of antioxidants as well, which can be useful when your needs are greater for some reason. There's lots of specific ones that people are accustomed to, like vitamin C, vitamin A, vitamin E, etc., that can be taken as supplements. But sometimes we find that it's better to have a lower dose of a broader range of antioxidants than to have a high dose of a single antioxidant. And this again shows why something like diet, but also plant-based or herbal antioxidants like olive leaf extract can be so beneficial. But before you start taking supplements, it's really important to discuss this with your health professional, something like your herbalist or a naturopath that can help you determine whether you need them, which one's the most appropriate, and what kind of dosages are relevant for you. Should we be able to get enough antioxidants naturally without needing to get supplements? It's so dependent on the individual. So all things being perfect, yes, the diet is what we need and that's all we need. But of course, we know that the real world is far from perfect. So most of us have quite variable diets these days. And we also find that sometimes our food is a bit depleted depending on the source of it, as well as increased need that some individuals have who may have various diseases that increase oxidative damage. So those kind of situations are where supplementation can be beneficial. Do we need or should we supplement antioxidants? Why or why not? As we mentioned, diet should be the first source of them. But yes, in some cases, we do need to supplement with antioxidants. For instance, there are some diseases that can involve quite a lot of oxidative damage to the body, things like heart disease, some eye diseases and arthritis. In those cases, antioxidants can have a medicinal value to help reduce the risk from those conditions and sometimes help alleviate some of those conditions, provided that the right ones are prescribed in the right dosage. You're currently doing some research with the Olive Wellness Institute. What can you tell us about that? I've been working for a while on a project and the first phase of it was completed last year and that involved looking at the chemical profile of different olive leaf extracts on the Australian marketplace. So comparing their profiles essentially. And what we found was a quite significant difference in the amount of these key biophenols in different brands of olive leaf extract. 
even within what are known as practitioner-only products that are generally only available to health professionals for dispensing to their patients. My results, we talked about, I think, in an episode of the podcast last year, but when I presented them at a few conferences last year as well, it caused quite a stir because many health professionals have the belief that practitioner-only products are always superior to over-the-counter products. And in the case of my research with the olive leaf extract, we demonstrated this is certainly not always the case. So my second phase of the research that we're commencing now, essentially, we'll be looking at things like batch-to-batch consistency within brands, and we're also looking at potentially exploring the profile of various tablets and capsules that contain olive leaf extract as well. So why is this research needed? Why is it valuable to the industry? Well, many people are under the mistaken belief that if two products contain the same herb, then they're the same and they'll have the same activity. And this is an unfortunate myth that a lot of people believe. And I first spoke about this at a conference, a Pharmaceutical Society of Australia conference about 15 years ago, using St. John's wort as the example at the time. And most pharmacists in the audience were extremely shocked. And this is something that unfortunately is a myth that still persists both with the public and health professionals. I'm also an advisor to a group called the Natural Health Science Foundation, where we're trying to improve people's understanding around the complexities of complementary medicines and how products and their evidence can't always be considered equivalent. So this kind of research helps open people's eyes, both the public as well as health professionals, about these complex issues and really helps to explore potentially why that variation is occurring. We do know that some level of variation in plant-based medicines is acceptable. We don't always expect every tomato to be exactly the same colour and exactly the same taste, for instance, but we do expect a certain level of consistency, a certain minimum quality. And what we find with research like mine on this olive leaf extract is that, unfortunately, quite often the variation is quite significant. For instance, in my first phase of the research, found that one of the olive chemicals called olirupine varied widely in the extracts, the highest levels in one extract being 30 times that of the lowest levels in one of the other extracts. And then when we adjusted that for the recommended dosages of those two products, the difference in olirupine level that a person would be taking varied by 45 times. So that kind of level of variation creates a lot of confusion and the potential for things not to work as effectively as desired or potentially too effectively in some cases. We definitely need more of this kind of research on herbal medicine products. What's your view on medicines with traditional evidence? Is there still value in this evidence where there's no scientific evidence? And how can we better educate people in this regard? Mm, that's a, an interesting and complex <laughs> question. Firstly, with 
herbal medicines, what we need to acknowledge is that the vast majority of herbal medicines have been used for generations, sometimes even hundreds and hundreds of years. They're not new medicines. And this accumulated knowledge should not be ignored. And we've seen numerous instances in the past where we have ignored this knowledge at our peril and ended up with adverse problems because we haven't been using or preparing the herb in the way that's consistent with the traditional knowledge. So a good example of that, for instance, is is a herb called kava, and it's been implicated around the world for a few decades now in causing liver disease in numerous people that were taking it. Not everybody, but in a number of people. However, this wasn't an issue seen with the local people in the Polynesian islands who would often drink this as a beverage every day. Now, as it turns out, a number of companies were buying the peelings from the carver root that the locals had discarded, and they were turning these peelings into an extract to put in things like tablets, for instance, using solvents like alcohol and acetone, which weren't used traditionally. And what we see now is that TGA has acknowledged that in Australia and now allows carver to be used but provided it's made in a way that's somewhat consistent with that traditional usage. So only water as the solvent and only the whole root or the peeled root, none of these root peelings. But on the other hand, we, of course, do have scientific evidence, and that's increasingly growing in herbal medicine. It's a massive area of scientific investigation. And again, we can't ignore that as well. We need to integrate the science and the traditional knowledge to get the best outcomes for people. Ian Breakspear. That ends this episode of Olive Wellness Podcast. To learn more about the nutrition, health and wellness benefits of olives and olive products, please visit the Olive Wellness Institute website at olivewellnessinstitute.org. Until next time, I'm Sarah Gray. Thanks for listening. Music.